Hi everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about what you need to figure out in order to scale, and that is very much repeatability. Enjoy. So where's your jacket? Yeah, I left it at home. Not today. We tried it last time. Yeah, no jacket today. Yeah. I'm not allowed anymore. Yeah. No, I was looking at a t-shirt One and I was like... puked on it. That's the reason. <laughs> that, yeah, that always happens. I was looking at a t-shirt and I was... You know what? It's too big of a jump from having worn a jacket with a pocket square and then the t-shirt. You know what's really important to keep in mind? No one cares. <laughs> well, I care. Oh, I, I care. Yeah, 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 you know, the compliments I get when I walk out the door. <laughs> so... You're without kids uh, the next couple of days. That's true. I'm going to be without kids. And you know what my wife and I are going to do? We're going to sleep. Chill. Yeah. Relax. We're going to be single for the weekend together. And um, it's we- called Dink. <laughs> Double yeah. income, no kids. For yeah. the weekend. Yeah, for the weekend. And um, so I love watching movies. And one of my favorites is, funny enough, Founder. And it actually its a story about McDonald's. Go watch it. It's it's pretty cool, um, but it's just such a good example for what we're gonna get into today. Yeah. Repeatability. So these, you know, McDonald's are really the masters of repeatability, scale, efficiency. They they really figured it out. Yeah. And um, they have have you, you've seen it right? Yes. So they have this scene where they they need to change around the kitchen, and they're at the tennis court you know, with markers on and their exercise, you know, training how, okay, now the burger's ready, hand it over the fries and walking around because they don't have a lot of space to make sure that it actually works out until they just, they nail it. And once they, you know, start nailing some of those fundamentals in the process, then they can obviously open up and sell, you know, all the burgers, they're cheap, so they need to have a, a high volume. But then they just start opening up more and more and more and more and more and more shops with the exact same setup, with the exact same menu, the exact same quality. Uh, you know, if you if you go to a McDonald's in, in Denmark and then one elsewhere, chances are it's going to be pretty much the same experience you can yes. have. And so they really nailed it. That is repeatability. That is scalability. Opposed to, you know, try and have like a two or three star Michelin restaurant on every corner mm-hmm. that doesn't work out That's gonna be right N- not only because you're not able to replicate the same quality because you need those you know master grandmaster chefs to kind of do it but also you don't have the market to even do that in the first place right mm-hmm. and and that that separates a cool business model that is great and world-renowned mm-hmm. you know noma from a scalable business model that basically it's also world renowned, if you yeah. will, yeah. and scales across the whole planet, right? And the revenues they produce are entirely different, entirely different. Absolutely. And so scale is absolutely critical, and uh, and repeatable is repeatability is just a massively important factor in yeah. in that sense. And that's why we're going to get into it today. If you want to end up with, you know, a a business that grows rapidly, and you want to be able to model how you're going to grow, you need to understand where you have repeatability. Yes. And really the the point here is, and this is really important to understand, is repeatability not only means that you can do something on a Monday and repeat it on a Tuesday. Mm. Uh, it means that you can do it, you know, once on a Monday, 
but in a week or two from now, you're able to do it 10 times on a Monday. Yeah. Repeatability is about running things in parallel, you know, adding logs to the fire instead of just having a, you know, the same log of the fire burning all the time, mm-hmm. right? So that that's kind of really important to to make that mental leap. And uh, when we talk about repeatability, again, it doesn't mean that you can do one thing one week and the next. It means that you can do the same thing at the same time over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some things we tend to think are repeatable that yeah. then aren't. Yeah. And you had this example of false friends, I think was the phrase. False friends. You know what? This is this is not a German weird translation into English. I no, think no, that's an actual never, English thing. I've never heard about it before. Yeah. Okay. So, so a false friend. What is a false friend? A false friend is um I I, I just know it from language. There's um uh there, there are many words that are the same between languages. Mm. Right? For example, kindergarten in, in English and in German, surprise, it's called kindergarten, mm. right? It's the same thing. And then they are then they are, you know, you could say this is a this is a true friend. Because the same words mean the same thing in both languages. Mm. But if you take something like brave, in English means, you know, whatever brave means. But in, in German, it means being a, a good child, right? So it's it's a false friend. You think it's the same meaning in both places, but it's not. So mm. therefore, it's, you know, not, not a false. It's, it's not a friend. It's a false friend. <laughs> Wonderful. And, you know, so what the F does that have to do with what we're doing here right now? Well... I feel, and this is, you know, I, I feel this is one of my, th- one of the myths I want to bust, uh, but but whenever I talk about it, people just zone out and are bored about it. So really, you know, a false friend for scalability is your Google ad spend. Your Google ads, it's a false friend. Mm-hmm. Why the F is that a false friend? Well, you will have a really nice ramp up of, you know, you spend money on ads and you bid on those keywords and uh, you know, the dashboard looks really nice and it adds up really quick. But very quickly, either in the first year or shortly thereafter, you will cap out. You will basically have the same amount of traffic coming from Google week over week, month over month. You will have seasonality in there and all of that jazz. But mm. generally speaking, it's flat. So why is it not repeatable? Well, it's repeatable, uh, you know, every me- uh, every week and every month. But it's not like you can add another Google search. You can you can add Bing, by the way. It will give you another bump of around two percent, unless you sell to grandmas and grandpas, by the way. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, otherwise, uh, otherwise, there's not you know another Google search engine you can add on top and get the same intent level mm. uh, inbound coming in. So therefore, it's you know it's it's a nice base to have, yeah. but it's not repeatable in the sense you can't scale through Google. Many people forget about that, and yeah. I just want everyone listening that. You know, if if this is your business model right now and you're, you're B2B, totally different story in B2C, by the way. If you're B2B and Google Ads is how you grow, you have a really big problem coming up in 6 to 12 months from now. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a classic S-curve that's happening, right? So you'll see some growth and that's great. Um, and by the way, we're it's not that to knock on Google. It's, it's certainly a big problem. An important and a good channel to yes. consider if you're B2B, but at some point it is going to flatten out. And what you then tend to do is say, well, can we do another campaign mm. about this other product? So you add another S-curve on top until you kind of exhausted it. Yeah. And you're going to be there at some point. Now, the other difference mm-hmm. where you just can continuously add S-curves on top and on top and on top. So there's, you know, let's just stay in the, in the marketing realm maybe for a second. Okay. And 
let's just say Facebook, let's just say you sell something SMB or something like that. And Facebook obviously has a gazillion billion users. Mm. And you will want to reach them. And you don't, you know, you shouldn't try and reach them with the, hey, demo request, demo request, demo request. And I'm not a certified marketing expert. So, you know, don't, don't too much listen. You heard to it me. here first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what you can do on, on, on Facebook is you can interface to your potential buyers and their targeting issues and so forth. But basically kind of tell them about you, kind of tell them the problem that they weren't aware yet and then have them realize the next day, oh, Jazz, I have this problem. I now need to go to Google mm. and I need to search. Yeah. And what you now did, you created demand. Um, other people call it demand generation. And when they then show up on Google, that is then called demand capture. Mm. And the demand in a market usually is flat unless you have a lot of people trying to push that demand up, which is sometimes the reason why it's better to be in a crowded market than not, by the way. But if you're only looking at capturing whatever demand is out there, it will simply, there, there won't be magically more people that wake up every day to have that problem, right? Mm. You need to educate the market that they have that problem. Oh, I need another BI tool. Yeah. I just realized. Yes. Um, and the and the other example, obviously SDRs, yeah. outbound, you know, favorite go-to here for, for, for many reasons. Yeah. And and the reason is it's um it is also really a demand gen function. Mm. It doesn't mean that it needs to report into marketing if someone was, you know, getting scared of this now. But it it basically means you are calling up people, you educating them on the problem they, they might or might not have. And then, you know, magically you get them from where they are right now all the way down to, oh, now I want to see a demo. Mm. And then the rep in the demo is, you know, building out this problem that they might have. And then they realize, shit, yeah, now I need to buy this thing. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it works really great. And the reason why it is so scalable is um, it's not about the how many people want to buy today. It's how many people could buy. Yeah. And let's go at it and call them all up. It's the same with the Facebook ads. Let's let's go to all the people that could buy, educate that we have a problem. And obviously you could say now, hey, but there's also a limit to it. You know, once once you kind of talk to all of these people, then you have the other S curve. And that's right for sure. But now you're basically talking about uh, TAM. Mm. You're running out of total addressable market at that point. And you know what? Once you have that problem, I congratulate you. That's a that's a champagne problem to have, and and try and get there first yeah. uh, before you complain about it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about there's a reason why Facebook and Google are trying to spread more internet yeah. around the world. <laughs> they so maybe we need to elaborate on this. So Google and Facebook they're trying to uh, bring the internet to to Africa. They're bringing the internet to uh, remote places mm. on the planet. Why are they doing that? Well, they literally ran out of TAM. <laughs> They got everyone to go on this search engine. They got everyone to go on this social uh, media website. And what they now need to do in order to keep growing, they basically need to help everyone to, you know, drop into that. They need to not build demand. They need to build a market. So they're basically trying to get more and more people to go online. Hence, they give them internet. And then obviously they become a customer. Yeah. And so maybe this is an entire side rant, but usually you don't run out of TAM. No, usually usually it's the... VP marketing that is clueless and is worried that then says, you know what, guys, I think we're running out of time. That's the reason why we're not growing. I can't deliver any more leads. It's done. Mm. And and usually when you hear that, 
it's probably BS. Mm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So so really what you're saying with you know with SDRs with the Facebook examples is here you have a potential case where you can keep stacking, you know, keep hiring yes. SDRs, yes. get one more in Monday, another one next Monday, mm-hmm. and they average, you know, maybe 10 meetings yeah. uh, a week. A and month. then it's a month, sorry. Um, and then it becomes 20 as you yes. hire, 30, 40, yes. and so on. And you can keep going because, you know what, there's a lot of people you can call. And even the ones you called a year ago, you can call them now. No, actually the ones you called three months ago. Yeah. But, you know, besides that point, so now we're getting into the... So this is the difference between what's repeatable, what's not repeatable. Yeah. And now you need to think about, okay, how do I make it repeatable, mm. right? In a demand gen marketing use case, it's, oh, you know, the um, uh, the copy needs to change, the, mm. the, the visuals of the ad need to change, the targeting needs to change. Whatever you did for Google once on the keyword and a landing page, it will, you know, that, that dynamic will change. You need to be way more creative. Yeah. AKA you need to hire way more copy and creative people to keep rotating those ads to keep that you know target market to you know from edu- keep them educating, and then on the SDR side, you basically have the same issue to a degree, mm. but in that case, it's how do you repeatedly find the talent, yeah, get them into the organization and onboard them, and get them to being successful in their role. Mm. That's for the SDR side. For the AE side, how do you find them? How do you successfully get them into the role? And how do you get them to close business at the right rate and hit success criteria throughout the organization? If you figure this out with, you know, we, we call her the average Jane. If we do that with average Jane, not with Rockstar, super awesome person, I don't know, PhD, whatever. You know, if 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 you're able to do that with the average person off the street, then you have something that smells like repeatability. Mm. If you need the outlier expert all the time, it will be difficult for you to get to 10, 50, 100 folks. Yeah. Yeah, so you're really getting into the whole, you know, standardization yes. piece almost, right? That you need to have some inputs, you need to have a processing, and you need some outputs and that, you know, where you have predictability. And the, so one, one, one way to get to stronger standardization um, is to narrow down the scope of each role. Mm. And then you get into specialization. And the reason why you want to do specialization is you want to have a very clearly defined, this is what this role is about. Mm. I only need to teach you this part. You can explore all the other things around it, but that's what I need to teach you right now. Mm. And I need to get you to be great at that specific step. And if you have, for example, the typical, current typical SDR and account executive setup, you need to teach the SDR how to be great at prospecting. Mm. And you have great managers around that. And you need the AE to be great at closing those deals. Both of this is a completely different onboarding, is a completely different management style. It's yeah. completely, everything's different. If you have a setup where you have an account executive covering the whole cycle, suddenly you need to teach her how to prospect, how mm. to be great at that, and how to close, how to be great at that. If she is not good at one of those, this thing will break apart. And it will probably be really difficult for you to figure out whom to fire. Yeah. Because, well, but she's really good at closing, uh, just not on the prospecting side. Does that now mean I should 
let this let her go or maybe I can funnel more marketing stuff to her. So this is this is the problem, right? If you specialize, you narrow down the scope of what you need to achieve in the repeatability piece. Mm. You train that, you get them successful, and sure there's a career path coming out of this, say an SDR can become an AE if they want to and so forth. But that is that is what you need to achieve in order to get to repeatability, you know, and and repeatability is for me just another word for scale. Yeah. Sure, you need some cash and to pay for those salaries and so forth. So there's some some other issues around it. But once you have that, then you have scale. Then you have a, a scalable channel, and that's that's what many people struggle with, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but but that is really the definition of repeatability. But I think the interesting piece here that I'm reflecting over is you, so you have things that are non-repeatable. You can do them up to a point. Go ahead and do them. If yep. it makes sense, that's totally fine. But you do need to uncover which initiatives can you make repeatable when you go and prioritize them, right? So yep. the example I would take from from marketing is uh, there. there is actually two. So you have events, yep. right? If you do local meetups, such as we've done recently, you know, we've done one in Copenhagen. We were doing one in Berlin and London, start adding more cities and yep. and you know do more of those start adding people to manage and create those events and market them mm -hmm. the other would be content right hubspot yep. is one of those that's you know been added for oh, i think a decade mm -hmm. by now and uh you know what they did once they started exhausting the inbound marketing area they started going into sales and they started going into ces they yep. even started writing about you know very very top funnel things like spreadsheets or yep. education so there's scale there for sure as well. And no, but you have, especially HubSpot is really the inbound marketing. That's yeah. what they, it's so brilliant, by the way. That's what they sell and what they, you know, got known for is yeah. so brilliant. But guess what? They have a large team of outbound reps as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you have teams that are uh, the, the archetype of PLG, of product-led growth. Guess what? They have a massive sales teams right now mm. that are not only doing the sales assist, but doing also the sales led, right? And it's, you you use a tactic to get going, you see success, at some point it will taper off or it will just not deliver the growth that your investors want to see. So guess what? You need to add something else on top. Right? Mm. And I think sometimes we're talking about those two things as um, scale versus evolve. Yeah. So once you have, once you have a, a, a motion, something that you can repeat, then it's really about, okay, cool, I've figured this out now. It works for me. Mm. Uh, now I'm going to spend a bunch of money to scale it up and get more stuff out of it. Lots of issues around it to even you know get to that point mm. and then to make sure that you spend the money in the right way and so forth. Scale is always a different challenge. But at the uh, on, the, on the other side, um, and I, th I see this a lot with companies that are starting to be a bit more cautious about you know, customer acquisition cost paybacks or CAC payback, they basically are, hey, we're only going to use the channels that we know already and that scale. They will taper off eventually, yeah. by the way. And using Evolve projects, meaning new markets, new products, new motions, new segments, new stuff, that is the way that is uh, going to keep you growing eventually, but it's going to be really expensive in the short term. When you start with an Evolve project, we talked about this many times, it might take up to a year before this is at a point where you can say, now we can scale this. Yeah. And during this year, it's only going to cost you money and it's going to look like shit cack payback. Mm. And you will need to explain to your boss and the board and so forth that this is a long-term play. Mm. And as soon as you're in startup scale-up world, say the word long-term, 
you have an issue already right there, right? So this is this is sometimes what I see, what kind of separates yeah. um, the you know the repeatability side and scale side, and it's really great. You know, even getting there is difficult. Finding one or two channels up to ten million is hard, mm. and those will probably take you until fifty and so forth. But as you go through that, you will need to find more and other channels and motions at whatever to keep on adding S curves on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think you need to, as we discussed, you need to, once you've proven that, hey, now we can see this is beginning to work, it shifts from, okay, now it's no longer an evolve initiative. Yes. Now we need to figure out how to scale it. That might mean bringing on different people. If it, if it was me and we saw, yeah. hey, we can scale content, you know what? I would probably recommend finding someone who's done that before yep. who can then go and say, okay, this is the hiring process. You know what? This is the copywriting and onboarding process. This is how we measure and control the output. Yep. Like, I think this is a really great point. It's really many times you will need to have someone that is creative. Mm. In, and I don't mean that in the, oh, this is a designer no. kind of sense. Someone that has the willingness and the attitude and the grit to take something something from zero to one yeah that is this one kind of person and they will do things in a completely unscalable way because that's how you get from zero to one mm. it's not the immediate boom scalable and then you know once it is one you need to probably start get someone in that is the playbook guy yeah or girl it's like ah okay how did you do this okay yep 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 i think those five things we can skip those two things we will add here's the playbook and now I'll take it from one to a hundred. Yeah. Um, and those are just two different people, by the way. And and figuring that shift out, um, you know, sometimes reflected in you need to have this kind of VP sales for yeah. a million and this kind of VP sales for 10 Classic. and so forth. But really it boils down to what I just said, right? Um, and uh, just keep this also in mind when you are starting up a new channel, if you are starting up something new, mm. don't give it to the scale girl. Give it to the give it to the evolve or, or creative. Yeah. Uh, let's just call it like that, uh, girl. Yeah. Wow, this felt like a <laughs> like a bullet train here. No, we can uh, we can go a long time on this one, right? But it's really it is one of the key components if you want to scale a business yeah. and grow. You need to figure out what you can repeat. You need to realize that it's going to be different. You know, people when you start it out versus when you then need to scale it. Yeah. Uh, you're going to try out a lot of things and fail. But at least having the mindset of is, you know, first off the cuff, is this something you're gonna be able to scale? And if so, up to what point? Yeah. And and does that make more sense given where you are now? Mm. You know, compared to other opportunities yeah. you have on the table. You know, like I like to say it, is it a false friend? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's really important to look at the different channels you have, yeah. figure out if they're scalable, repeatable, and again, not repeatable in time, but yeah. repeatable at the same time, and um, and and double down on the ones that you see will keep on growing. For example, I don't think you need to have a massive performance marketing team that only looks at Google. That probably doesn't, you know, it's not going to work out for you. You need to have a team that probably is uh, able to go into demand gen mode and, and scale this up a, yeah. a lot. Same with SDRs. And I think, you know, we keep talking about inbound, outbound, basically there's partnerships as well, a little yeah. bit more difficult to scale. But if you get to scale, Jesus, yeah. that's a fantastic channel. And there are a couple of other pieces as well, right? So really look at the stuff that you have and figure out which ones of them are actually scalable and yeah. then put your resources behind making that one scalable. 
Yeah, and then once you're there, it's uh, all standardization and go, go, go. Yeah. Then you can put it into a model, you can map yes. it out and go. Yeah. So one one big question I think every every listener still has uh, on his or her mind is, uh, is Founder really your favorite movie? No, I said one-off. Ah, one-off, okay. I, I find it really hard to limit myself to one favorite movie. I just feel everyone will think like, ah, he did it for the intro. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie; it's, it does fit in there, but it is one of my favorites. Okay, there you go. You know, again, everyone judged you now when it's yeah, 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 yeah. But it's fine. You know what? I don't care. I stand by my statement. Why do you care about the jacket, of course? <laughs> you. But another good day in the studio. Yes. Uh, another good topic. I feel like we're slowly finding some of the key elements to building, you know, a growth engine to yeah. having that revenue formula yep. up on the whiteboard. And, uh, you know, next time we go into the studio, we're probably going to start talking about how to use some of this we just talked about one of the past episodes to model out. Let's go. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Miss Mikkel. Thanks for listening. And um, see you, uh, hear you next time. Bye. Bye.